Salutations and welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ramblings, and Everything Ponderings at the Hopeful Humans Cafe. We're going to continue to explore ideas and flow about the spiritual journey and talk about some resources that you might be able to put in your spiritual toolbox for your self-directed curriculum of wellness. Today's episode, episode three, is entitled Life Balance, and we're going to be exploring a wonderful little website called Do Live Well. It's a health initiative project by a group of occupational therapists. And in an introductory video on the home page, so you can Google dolivewell.ca and click on the link and it will bring you to the uh, home page. And if you scroll down, you'll see that there's an introductory video for the Do Live Well framework. And uh, when you're listening to it, it's just a short clip, I think about two minutes. It shares with us that what you do every day matters. I was reading this uh, article from the CBC online news website, and it uh, the headline is, In a land of workaholics, burned out, South Koreans go to prison in quotation marks, to relax. And then underneath, there's this quote, The true prison is the world outside, says founder of jail-themed retreat. And it says, and, and you know, this definitely caught my attention and relates to this idea of life balance. It says that in the land of the morning calm is the most overworked nation in Asia. It has the second longest work hours in the 35-nation organization for economic cooperation development after Mexico. South Koreans work 2,069 hours a year compared to the average of 1,764 hours among OECD countries. 14-hour days, it says, are not uncommon here, nor are six-day work weeks. Small wonder, then that professionals like Kang, I hope I'm saying his name right, seek ways to alleviate burnout. I, I was I was just imagining living in that world. I'm coming to you from southwestern Ontario, where the uh, average work week is 40 hours. The days are eight hours long in terms of work. And for many of us, we have a two-day weekend, not always following uh, following on Saturday and Sunday. Some of us work uh, shifts, uh, shift work. So, you know, uh, when when you're getting your two days, it, it varies. But this is uh, very much in contrast to the possibility of uh, finding oneself in, you know, in a different situation where you might be working 14 hours a day, six days a week. I was thinking about what, what action step a person could take in terms of a self-directed curriculum for wellness, in terms of figuring out whether or not this is something that's working for someone. It always feels like there's too many things to do and not enough time to do it. I think this is kind of a problem or a challenge that many people relate to. It seems like in terms of the things on our plate, the uh, responsibilities just keep piling up. And so in an effort to kind of get some perspective I was wondering what kind of resource could a person turn to that might give or, or might shed some light on one's particular situation. 
So often we're talking about life satisfaction surveys, but uh, this particular survey that I came across is referred to as a life balance inventory. And uh, it's the centerpiece of interest for me with the Do Live Well website that I'm introducing to you here. Uh, Before I talk about that survey, I'd like to say that uh, when you go to the home page of the website, it talks about a number of activities for well-being. And I think it's a pretty powerful and comprehensive list of things that people can do to increase the possibility of well-being. So the first uh, item they identify, the first activity is experience joy. And I think that uh, this definitely corresponds to, in terms of episode two, when I introduced the uh, PERMA theory from Authentic Happiness, from the Authentic Happiness website, that this relates to, uh, in terms of PERMA, uh, the P in PERMA, the acronym, uh, positive emotions. Yeah, just experiencing joy. That, that's directly related to happiness, the happier quest that I talked about in episode one. Uh, then it goes on to say another activity is developing your potential. Once again, this relates to the PERMA theory uh, for well-being, the idea that it's important for us to have uh, a, a sense of accomplishments, that we experience accomplishments, and that increases self-esteem and, and well-being. The, another activity is connect with others, which again corresponds to the PERMA theory about the importance of relationships, which is paramount to the happier quest. Uh, Expressing yourself is another activity, building prosperity for oneself, taking care of oneself, contributing to one's community, and activating your mind, body, and senses. I'd just like to say as kind of a little uh, rabbit trail, a little bit of a tangent segue, that uh, in terms of this activity of contributing to one's community, uh, we talked about that as a possible benefit that someone might be able to uh, experience if one became aware of one's strengths in episode two. And for me, this whole enterprise, the Hopeful Humanist Cafe, is very much about this activity of contributing to one's community. For me, this is a leisure project. Uh, it's a project uh, of uh, self-development. But it's one way I'm thinking that perhaps, you know, in terms of Eric Erickson's psychosocial stages of development, you know, generativity versus despair, you know, giving back, that uh, I'm satisfying that stage in my life at this point, the, the idea of, of giving back um, and making a contribution. My contribution, quite simply, is saying, hey, I found this a resource seems to be helpful to me, you know, please do all your due diligence and you know, think about the pros and cons and perhaps maybe you could explore this website and it might be helpful to you. Um, so in that spirit, uh, the centerpiece of interest in terms of this website is a uh, survey that you can take and it's the Life Balance Inventory Survey uh, and it's free. There is a requirement for you to fill out some kind of personal demographic information i'm sure i'm, I'm sure that you know people could creatively maneuver that part in terms of offering whatever name that uh, you might want to offer and uh, you know in terms of age and answering some other information 
about your life situation, which I'm, I'm sure helps them statistically kind of figure some things out that uh, after you get through that, that, that kind of, you know, undesirable part of the survey, you get to the meat and potatoes of it. And it's uh, a survey, of, I think about 53 questions. And uh, you're asked about these different activities that, you know, you might want to engage in or that you do engage in. And that's like step one. But right beside every activity that's identified that you might be interested in or that you are interested in or that you do engage in, there's this step two that uh, asks you about the amount of time that you spend in that activity. And I really found that that brought this particular inventory to the next level in terms of offering some helpful information. And once you go through uh, this inventory and, you know, it, it asks in terms of various different domains of one's life, you know, cleaning and cooking and watching TV, um, journaling, yoga, travel, uh, storytelling, the different kind of activities. Are you interested in engaging in them? If you are, do you spend less time doing these activities than you would like? Do you spend just the right amount of time doing these activities? or do you spend more time doing these activities? And then it provides you with a life balance inventory result sheet that talks about your overall life balance score and some subcategories like a, um, a health subcategory score, a relationship subcategory score, a challenge interest subcategory score, an identity subcategory score, and then it provides uh, some information about overall stress that might be playing itself out in your life. So I was thinking about that, you know, if this survey could be helpful. I, I was just, I was wondering if people would actually take this kind of survey. Specifically, I was thinking perhaps, don't people really know where they stand with their overall, you know, the different subcategories, the different domains um, of life satisfaction. And, you know, if, if you're doing well, I don't think that it would be very difficult to persuade oneself to take the survey because it would kind of confirm something you're already feeling. And that I'm, I'm sure that would be kind of rewarding and release some dopamine and create a kind of feel-good experience. But on the other end of the continuum, if, if a person has a sense that things aren't going well, I was wondering if there maybe be an inclination to kind of avoid taking that kind of a test. Because if you have a feeling that things aren't going well, getting confirmation about that really puts a person in an uncomfortable position. Once you become aware of something you kind of sense and feel to be true, that insight puts a person in a difficult position because with that insight, if we don't do anything about it, then we're burdened with the realization that we're partly responsible for the misery that we're experiencing. And I'm not saying there's not systemic things that we have to consider or structural things that we have to consider. That's all very well true. But at the same time, in terms of feeding and extinguishing a fire of, let's say, good mental health or good life satisfaction, there are things that when we do them, they tend to decrease life satisfaction and there are things that when we tend to do them, they increase life satisfaction. So there is a responsibility that we then bear once we kind of look in the mirror 
the spiritual litmus tests, you know, reveal to us that, hey, you know what? You're having a hard time going to bed and sleeping with yourself at night because you're not okay with your world. Or, you know, you're having a hard time looking in the mirror because you're not really comfortable with your reality. So if that's the case and you're not going to do anything about it, that's got to be pretty uh, unbearable. Um, and so, you know, to not have that kind of experience, we have to take action. And I think that, you know, there are kind of points in our lives when if we're in that uncomfortable place, taking action might be easier said than done. And we might need to have some support. We might need to have some, uh, some other tools in place. And so um, this is one possible tool that a person can put in their toolbox when one is ready to kind of say, I'm going to look at how overall my life satisfaction, look at my life satisfaction at this particular point in my life. I want to see if, in fact, I am living a balanced life. So, yeah, I, I, I'm really interested in this website because I think that it's something a person can come back to. And, you know, on that whole thought about becoming aware of an insight and possibly having to sit with some discomfort about, you know, so what are you going to do about it now? I'd like to share that I did this life balance inventory a number of months ago, and I didn't get the same results that, I'm, that I've gotten recently when I did it again. And perhaps because I kind of took a look in the mirror, and perhaps because I was at a place where I could take some action steps to initiate change, you know, and, and, and that might be, you know, because I was feeling supported by people around me. I was, I was just feeling that intrinsic motivation. I had explored some other tools at Authentic Happiness or Action for Happiness. There are a number of different books that I've been reading. And my score shifted. And I found that, you know, I've, I've noticed that I, I, I shifted things. And thinking about it, reflecting on it, journaling about it. I think I've really reinforced some of those changes and hopefully they'll stick. So I'd like to say that while I'm introducing this, what I believe is a, a powerful tool, this life balance inventory at Live Do Well, I'd like to say that perhaps before one takes it, it might be a matter of timing in terms of determining if you're going to do it now or you're going to wait a little bit. If you are apprehensive, the benefit of taking the test and getting a kind of a glimpse of where one is. You can provide a person to then start to take some actions with support once again, because I'm not of the position or the thinking that, you know, if if it's tough to be in this world, that there's something wrong with the person. No, I believe that we have to look at, you know, the, the, the system, the environment, the social reality as well. But if you're able to do that, and I think it takes a lot of courage to do it, especially when we're not feeling necessarily good about our reality, that when we're able to take those action steps, we can eventually arrive at a point where, you know, I'm looking at my scores here and it's indicating that in terms of my overall life balance, I have a very balanced life. And it's the same with all the different subcategories that I referred to. And then when I get to the last page and it talks about stress, it's indicated that I have a, um, in terms of the the continuum, it goes from 4 to 20, and so four a, a score of 4 is low stress, 
and a score of 20 is extreme stress. I have nine, so it's indicating I've got mild stress. And I think it's kind of, it's unavoidable that we're going to experience some kind of stress in our lives. That's what I have for you today. I'm coming to you once a month, and so uh, my next episode will be coming to you in March. My usual disclaimer is that this is a tool that I put in my toolbox. I found it has been helpful. I'm not in the habit of giving advice. I'm suggesting that perhaps you might consider visiting this site and checking out a number of the different tools and resources that they offer. They also have a number of, well, I've only watched two of them myself, but two videos that provide information about live, do well, sorry, do live well framework. And in terms of those other activities for well-being, uh, the second video explores different ways that uh, a person could experience those activities in one's life. So for me, I guess this has been helpful because I'm, I'm feeling actually quite blessed that I'm not having to experience a 14-hour work day and work six days, six days a week, that in terms of you know, work-life balance, which is something that we, we, we all talk about, or many of us talk about, or people in my circles anyhow talk about, that I uh, am very fortunate to have, at this point, a very balanced work-life balance. Anything could happen in terms of something coming on my plate that could change that reality. And then uh, I would, at some point, have to revisit this uh, survey tool to see how I'm doing at uh, that point and make decisions according to those revelations at that point and uh, deal with those insights. So, as I said, this is the Hopeful Humans Cafe and it is a blithering account. I'm just pacing back and forth, sharing some thoughts and hoping they might be of value to you. Thank you for listening and I look forward to talking to you again in March with episode four. Salutations.